Welcome to the Third Education Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get more clients. Getting clients is the holy grail of any creative freelancer. We need clients, um, but the key really is it's the quality of client that you want to get. It's not easy, but it's easier to just get lots and lots of clients if you're not particularly picky. The challenge is actually getting clients you want to work with um, that you are excited about the work that they are that it's really enjoyable because we've all been there and uh, you know if you get the wrong clients they can seriously suck your soul away and kill any enthusiasm you have for what you do and that's dangerous so what i wanted to do was talk about these are just simple uh tips and tricks that i've learned over the years that always work in getting clients i mean for example uh recently i managed to land three jobs in a week uh, which has never happened to me before. Uh, I'm pretty much convinced that it's used up most of my luck for the year, but it genuinely happened. And it's one of these things that uh, when I think back about why it happened, I kind of can work it out. And it's it's one of those things that, look, I'll be honest, like I said, it never really happens. And a lot of people talk about how great they are and they kind of, I, I believe, kind of build up this facade of being successful but the reason I was able to land clients and it just so happened that they all coincided in the same week was quite simply because of years and years of keeping in touch and getting to know them and proving myself and for the opportunities to all align and it worked out in my favor you know don't get me wrong I'm sure there was kind of I had to work hard and had to do pitches and all these other things but I genuinely believe it's just one of those things that we have to look at kind of all the work that went before it and realize that, yeah, maybe this was justified. It just so happened that it happened at the same time. So the one thing it did teach me when I looked at it was <clears throat> that the combination of timing, um, need and budget, they all have to align. And although we can't really control when this happens, you know, is in basically what I mean by that is that clients need to know that they need your service Um They have to know that they can afford to use you and then the timing comes around that they actually need to use it. So it's this thing of like they know who you are, they need what you do and they can afford it. When all those things come together, then you've got a really good chance of landing the job. But we can't control when they come together. So it's quite difficult. You know, I can't actually control how much money they've got saved or what their marketing budget is. Um, I can't really control when they decide they're going to need what I offer. Um, but I can absolutely control um, that they know who I am and what I do and build my reputation. And certainly if I'm doing it correctly and I'm kind of questioning how they're getting on or perhaps even reaching out to say, look, I found a few things I could help fix in your website or your photography or whatever you want to do, then I'm certainly beginning to influence kind of when they choose to you know, hire me. But as I said, the third thing of knowing they can afford you, that's something you can't control. And this was what makes it so tricky because... Quite often, the other two things will align, but if the money doesn't come in, then it's not going to happen. So what we need to do is kind of find a way of um, staying on their radar so they remind, they're reminded of who we are in a way that's easy to do and doesn't feel too intrusive. Because the big thing that I've found when, like this is true of any business, but particularly sort of um, creative people who love to do the work, they don't like uh, doing the marketing side. And even people in marketing don't like it it's this thing of 
there's a phrase that my old coach used to use, which was working on the business versus working in the business. And a lot of us like to work in the business doing what we enjoy, but we don't like to do the working on the business, which is the boring bit. So what happens is we end up going to this kind of feast and famine roller coaster approach where we're either too busy to do marketing so we don't do it or we actually run out of clients so we panic and do loads of marketing and then we finally get clients and what happens again is if you're in that stage where you're panicking because you don't have clients you're developing probably like a scarcity mindset where you're thinking well when's the next client going to come and the problem with that is if they don't come quickly uh, you will say yes to whoever does come and if they're not a good fit for you you're going to be saying yes to the wrong people and quite often they'll be basically pay you less than you should be asking for they will be probably choosing you on price they won't value what you do and therefore you're going to end up with work in your portfolio which isn't going to attract the kind of clients you want and this kind of vicious cycle is easy to get swept into and if we're not careful it can really dominate and take control and actually genuinely affect kind of how we get along and what we do and how we feel about ourselves and what we do and can kill what we do you know the love for what we do which is really sad so if we are suffering through this kind of feast of famine roller coaster we need to find a way of fixing it and i genuinely believe that we have to kind of look outside of sort of our industry to get inspiration so if i was to say to you if you wanted to sort of get in shape or run a 10k um, how would you do it and the answer would be that it would be a case of you would plan it out gradually you would build up to it and then once you've done it it's this thing of you've now done all the hard work you've worked really hard um, and you've managed to build it your stamina gradually you haven't just gone and gone right I'm going to try and run 10k in my first couple of days it would be a consistent effort that you do every day and this is the same with losing weight you don't expect to lose weight quickly you kind of make a lifestyle change where you start to eliminate the foods that aren't great for you you try and stop snacking you try and be a little bit more active and over the course of maybe like a couple of months you've gradually sort of built in various habits that have meant that you're now living a different lifestyle which is much healthier and these small kind of daily improvements are really building up um, so this is the way we have to kind of treat our marketing it's a bit like doing a teeth um, you know you you have to do it a little and often every day but if we do it consistency consistently it's the consistency of our efforts that is really going to give us the chance to actually make a meaningful impact so what I'm going to propose here is uh, a way of doing that that is going to be easy for you to implement um, it's not going to stress you out um, it's going to be easy for you to kind of keep up with and it will kind of solve this problem of um, going from a feast to famine because you're spending say 30 minutes a day working on your business so you can spend the rest of your time working in it so in order for it to work we have to do the, what I believe is, is a keep in touch strategy and I found that that's the the easiest thing to do because uh, it's this balance of it's like a light touch so it keeps us top of mind so people you know remember who we are but it doesn't become annoying or suspicious because if you're trying to keep in touch and out of nowhere kind of someone starts bombarding you with stuff you will automatically go what do they want why that why all of a sudden am i getting you know hammered with messages and offers to be taken out for lunch and all this kind of stuff so that can be a bit you know a bit offensive and it's not great so what we need to do is um, have this light touch strategy where every day 
we are trying to kind of um, reach out to people we admire, reach out to people we like, we want to work with, um, but not doing it so often that it becomes annoying, but just doing it regularly enough so that we stay on their radar. So in order to do this, we need to develop an easy to follow system that is going to conserve your resources and actually compounds itself because we do it more and more and more. If you want to do this successfully, I found that having a checklist um, that helps you plan in advance is massively effective because if you have a checklist, it will stop you sort of doubling up and reaching out to people too often or, you know, asking for the same things and becoming kind of, you know, when you get on LinkedIn, you get these weird sort of messages from people you've never spoken to that are really long winded. And you know that this is just some disingenuous bullshit from a script that they've copy and pasted. We don't want that, you know, because ultimately we know these people don't care. They're just trying to pitch us and that we're seen as a cold lead or some crap. As You know, I hate that. So what I found is that you want to um, build a simple planner and I'm in the process of building this for you. So like when it's available, I'll let you know. But if you if you want to use a CRM, um, which I don't know what that stands for. I think that's like contact relationship client relationship management who knows i'm probably wrong but hubspot have a good crm manager where they'll prompt you to reach out to people every day they'll give you scripts and templates of things to say and it's all checked so that would obviously be the kind of first port of call is the professional system i think the hubspot one is free so it's definitely worth giving a go but if not if you want to start on your own make a simple uh, spreadsheet for the week ahead and all you're going to do is you're going to Leave gaps open so that you can reach out to the people um, and know that you're sort of interacting them regularly and often. So generally, I've found that the things you'll need to do to kind of keep in touch and to kind of make that sort of that sort of light touch thing. The things you want to be doing is um, sharing something of interest with people. Um, You want to be able to. tag people in social posts you want to ask them questions in an email offer to meet them for a coffee all that kind of stuff small little interactions that will gradually build up build up so these would like i said you have all the tagging them liking their posts sharing their posts on social media sending them a postcard sending a letter offering to buy them a coffee uh, giving them a ring sending an email sharing articles all these things are really good ways of naturally keeping in contact with people. And if you fill out a week's worth of people, so let's say you do four things a day from that list and every day you do it to four different people, that's 20 people you're going to reach out to and touch base with in a week. And if we find you do that every four weeks, that's a really good kind of uh, system where you're kind of like you're in touch regularly enough to be relevant and interesting without kind of hounding them so that's the first thing is think of a way of finding excuses to reach out to people so that like i said you can plan it so you hit 20 people a week and then you recycle that list every four weeks so you know you're coming back and now you've got a list of new people um the other thing to do is to introduce people um it's really good to introduce people who have a reason to work together because that will reflect well on you so if you pick meaningful introductions where there is a, actually a, a chance for people to work together and they might get on, the two people being referred will really appreciate that. We all love to be referred for business. Um, but then you're hitting two more people uh, and they're reflecting well on you. And then the incentive is for them to kind of repay that habit and kind of maybe, look, look, Thad's referred me for a couple of jobs in the last couple of months. 
I should probably do the same when an opportunity arises. So that's going to help because that's going to bring in um, referrals to your network. But like the keep in touch, um, by doing referrals, it is a very natural way of recommending someone to someone else that is going to help them and you come across as the you know the person who is the winner because you're being generous with your time and your connections to help other people out so i would also recommend uh doing that maybe every day as well so you've also you've got your initial like kind of four people you hit in a day and then the final space will be reserved to kind of for two people who you're going to refer so then for you're referring 10 people a week and if you think about that you've got that you've now hit 30 people in a week just by keep in touch. And like I said, it shouldn't take you more than maybe half an hour to 45 minutes every morning to do this. But if you consistently do this and you think, well, I'm hitting 30 people a week, that's 120 people a month. Um, that's an enormous kind of outreach campaign, which is really effective and is going to, you know, if you're on the radar of 120 people, you can imagine that out of those 120 people, when opportunities arrive, um, they're going to think, oh, do you know what? Actually, that'd be perfect for this. Or I just, oh yeah, I got a message from him the other day. Let's get him in because he might be good for helping out. That's what happens. And I know this because when I've phoned people up and chatted to people, the amount of times they've said, oh, it's funny you called. A job's just come in that you'd be perfect for. Have you got any availability? And so this is really, really simple. This is absolutely just um, make sure that you are doing keep in touch with people that you want to work with and that, that can refer you work and doing it in a natural way that is regular isn't difficult and is with a bit of discipline can be you can build a system that will be done really easily now at the time recording i'm in the process of developing this i'm kind of making the spreadsheets getting everything sorted uh, writing the kind of opening scripts building like lists of websites that are really good for kind of you know content so when that's ready, I will share it with you. But this is because this is what I've been doing. And I wanted to share you because I find that with a lot of courses, it's great. But if they're too overwhelming, you'll never do what they ask. And so I want to be able to have a, a kind of easy to follow system that once you start implementing it and seeing the impact it's having, then you'll kind of want to keep doing it. So that was the kind of first bit, which is regular keep in touch and introducing people is a great way of getting clients because you stay on their radar so when opportunities crop up in their ecosystem and in their worlds they will think of you and they will refer you and you're more likely to get work that way another way of getting more clients is to ask for referrals now as they say if you don't ask you don't get so it's important that you're asking for referrals regularly now the reason why that's good is because if you are being referred by someone the the endorsement of that person will often mean that you're sold in a lot easier so once they've actually referred you um, the chances of you kind of landing the job uh, is significantly improved because the person referring you has kind of broken down all the barriers and done all the hard work so that's why we want referrals um, because the endorsement of the referrer gets us the work if you're asking for referrals this for me is probably the best way of doing it. So first of all, you need to be clear on the type of clients you're looking to be referred to. So they need to know a couple of things. They need to know who is your ideal client. They need to know how you help that client and they need to know what you want to be hired for. So if, if you if you understand that and you're able to put that together in a kind of like simple formula that goes, I'm looking for um, help. I want to help restaurant owners get more bookings using Facebook ads or I want to help 
Shopify owners sell more products using better photography. If we're able to kind of let people know what we're looking for, when they come across a restaurant owner or they come across a Shopify owner, then they can refer us because they've remembered who we want to work with and what service we we can provide for them. And those two things normally should be enough for them to pigeonhole who we are in their minds so that when they're triggered and they go, oh, I know someone who does photography, they will make that referral. The point being is when you want a referral, there's always a good time to ask. So that one of the strongest times to ask is at the end of a job that's gone really well because the client is obviously delighted. They've just experienced what you do. And that's a great time to say, look, do you know of anyone else who I could, um, you could refer me to who could also benefit from what I do? They'll happily do that. I would also be looking to check in every three months with previous clients and again, asking for referrals. A three month period is long enough. And you know, again, if you've done a good job and built a great website and they've, you know, it's really working, then again, they will be really happy to refer you. And this is the thing of if you're doing it regularly enough, you could be asking for one to two referrals a week across your whole network. Um, and then you won't come back round to that network for another three months at a time. And by doing that, you're kind of consistently upping the chances of getting not only more clients, but the type of clients you want to be working with. So that's another point. I always find that as well as keeping in touch with our current network and asking for referrals and all those kind of things, we need to also be paying attention to who our ideal client is and what they're up to, um, particularly where they pay attention. So if we want to get on the radar of these ideal clients with and we aren't able to kind of um, rely on who we currently know for help, then the best way to do it is to try and get in front of them in a way that doesn't interrupt the experience but it's where they're already paying attention so it's a case of um when you ask people you know it's always action speak louder than words and where people go what people watch what people read that's what they want to do that's what they're interested in that's what they're fixated on so we know that they're by their behavior and who they follow and who they subscribe to that they are showing an interest in that person so all we need to do is do the same so in order to do that we need to find out where does our ideal client pay attention? The first thing to do is join industry groups on both Facebook and LinkedIn. Join these groups and find out where the people in those groups, because they're going to be full of your ideal clients, find out where they pay attention and what they are looking at and who are they following. The way to break it down, it's really simple. Just think of all the different types of um, media and how that's relevant. So the first one is, what do they listen to? So as far as listening, do they listen to any podcasts? What about radio, Spotify, music, audiobooks? Finding out what they listen to and when is going to be useful because you can find overlaps between what you do and whoever they're listening to. So you might want to sponsor a podcast or interview an author who's got an audiobook that they read. The point being is we need to try and find that overlap where we can come in and then the person or the channel that they're listening to is also there and find a natural kind of partnership between the two. Sponsorships are expensive, but they make sense. Um, but interviews can be much cheaper and they would also make sense. It's this thing of by, you know, if you sponsor a podcast, for example, then your brand is seen um, in the same way as sort of that podcast that they look up to so it's this thing of like you get to align your brand and improve and change the perception of it by just sponsoring a podcast so that's what we have to think about we have to go okay where can I insert myself into the conversation subtly in a way that will make me look good 
um, and that they will be paying attention to organically so it doesn't feel too sort of forced or uncomfortable. After podcasts, we need to consider what do they watch. So here we're looking at kind of any YouTube channels they follow, any videos on social media that they like, um, or what shows they watch on Netflix. Now, when it comes to, again, the YouTube channels and the social media channels, this is, again, for collaboration, interviewing and sponsorship opportunities. And then for Netflix, it's just going to be conversational. If you know that there there is an industry show that is everyone is really excited by or that a show's just come out on Netflix, which they might like, if you do bump into them at a networking event or you want to start an email when you reach out to them, then you have a point of reference and a point of something in common um, that is going to make them a lot more open to actually like engaging with you and chatting with you. So this is why you'd want to monitor what they watch as well. Like I said, um, sponsoring YouTube channels, collaborating with creators, they're all ways of kind of getting in front of them uh, and aligning yourself with whoever that is or whatever the channel is. So that if they admire this channel or that presenter and then that presenter endorses you, that is like a good referral, isn't it? It's kind of, um, you know, the, the recommendation or the collaboration between the two of you will enhance your reputation in the eyes of your potential clients. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, third up is who do they follow? And this is going to be a combination of influencers on social media, um, thought leaders within their industry, like authors and, and articles and bloggers. And then tastemakers are kind of be like trend spotters and uh, super connectors and all those kind of things. It's the same principle applies. You want to be following all those people as well. And ultimately, you want to kind of be trying to engage with those thought leaders, uh, possibly interviewing them for your website, things like this, um, collaborating, because Again, it's the same thing of like if you know those people and you're seen to be sort of working with those people, that will enhance your reputation in the eyes of your client. Plus, you know, you get an idea to sort of keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the industry as well. So all of these um, are really positive because, for example, you might work with a few micro influencers who promote your brand. It, it, knowing who is um, popular and who is up and coming in your industry from that point of view uh, is enormously helpful because if you can catch them on the up, you can probably collaborate with someone quite big and popular before they blow up and before they get too expensive. So this is, you know, another big area to really understand how, you know, who they're following, who they're looking up to. And again, if those people follow you back or are engaging with you in the comments and they see this, then that's enormous. So it's a case of that does, again, justify your credibility and your relationship. So I would absolutely uh, do that. I know that for example, I think Gary V follows me. I'm sure he doesn't really because I don't post that often. But the fact that he follows me will impress other people who will think I'm worth following as well. I, whether I'm worth following will be down to you guys. But it's this example of like if you can get that follow back from someone who people look up to, then I think that's worth a lot for your reputation. Next would be where do they go? So this is any kind of events that they would go, sort of industry events, trade shows, any kind of networking events or award shows, or even kind of courses or you know anything like that where you can get qualifications. Um, if they're going to be at those events, it probably makes sense for you to be there as well. And if you are going to be there, um, if you're bold enough, you can reach out and kind of maybe take a speaking slot or sponsoring an event. All these things are worth considering, and it's a case of... Um, you know, that's the thing to think about. If you think it's worth it, then that would be excellent. But again, what you're doing is you're at the event where they're going to be. You're being seen by the right people 
and because you're sponsoring or you're giving a speech at that event, it's elevating your brand perception of you. So you have a chance if you want to work with restaurant owners and you're a graphic designer or a photographer and you go to a a trade show event where it's all restaurant owners and you're giving a talk about photography or graphic design, how it can boost your brand or something, you're basically in front of a room of a captive audience of potential clients demonstrating your expertise and raising your profile. I mean, it's going to be very, very easy to kind of build relationships and convert people with potential clients from that kind of situation. And finally, we're going to look at um, industry news. Now, I think this, I mean, this moves on to the next point, but signing up and subscribing to any industry kind of newsletters or blogs or magazines or social media accounts is enormously beneficial because you want to be able to keep your finger on the pulse of the industry. You want to find out what's going on. This is how you do it. And again, a bit like when we talked about who do you need to get to know, this is important as well, because if you know the people that run these newsletters and magazines and blogs, it's really worth getting to know them because they can have a real kind of uh, beneficial help to your career. Um, So it's a case of by being friends with them, it's going to really help you. They'll be able to inform you of what's going on. Um, You'll get to know of emerging news and like who's doing well, where there are opportunities. And being able to send a congratulatory email to people who've just opened a place or, or have just you know gone solo or got funding, you know again this is a really good chance to reach out and just say congrats and well done and make a positive impression that keeps you on their radar. So absolutely sign up and follow and subscribe to all of that, and then make sure you're regularly pruning that. So like every couple of weeks, maybe once a month, say revisit all of them and see who's been doing regularly releasing content, who isn't, and then unfollow and follow new people just so you sort of keep up to date of what's going on this brings me on to my next point which is if you do that and you follow all the right people and you subscribe to all the right people you will curate your inbox and social feed to be industry specific only i think that it is definitely worth considering creating a separate email account and a social media account for this task because then you can be really single-minded about who you follow um, and who you subscribe to and so this way whenever you log into those profiles or you access that inbox you can take an, an overview of what's going on in the industry very quickly same with the social media profile and that means when you engage with all those people so let's say you um, subscribe to an industry newsletter it's full of news you click on the article you see who's being mentioned you click on their social profile you follow them you dm them you like a few of their pictures and then you stay engaged and it's the thing of that's when the keep in touch engagement comes to its own because you can like loads of posts quite quickly. You can ask interesting questions. You can share posts. And the whole time, your actions are compounding themselves because you're building a reputation within that group and within those kind of um, social feeds. And everything you're doing is being seen by other people. And this means that you are kind of a positive influence in those social feeds and you're getting to know the right people and saying the right things so that for me is a really good reason to do this um, because like I said if you're if you're keeping your finger on the pulse of the industry being in the know and then actually being able to sort of spot talent means that when you reach out to that talent with a view to kind of like well that clearly is a talented chef or that's a talented photographer I want to reach out and, and chat with them because that connection and that relationship will certainly help me in the future and this is how this kind of happens you also probably need to find out what your clients need and how you can help them so the first point of 
the, the episode we talked about keep in touch and asking for referrals and all that kind of stuff. The second point is understanding their mindset of kind of who they're interested in and where they play attention. And now we're moving on to kind of um, how can you really help them? Because if you're at these, you you know, let's take a full run. You've like um, you've been doing keep in touch. You've gone to an event and like you've met people you'd love to work with. You've now got people in common to talk about. Um, you've gone to the right events so like key people are there but if you can't understand how you can help them and how to talk about what you do it's all going to fall flat so you need to spend time with your ideal clients chatting about them about their industry finding out what their real problems are and the best way to do this is, is going to be in LinkedIn and Facebook groups and ideally if you can actually speak to people in, in person that's even better but it's not always easy so what I would say is be in those groups Make a good impression with the admin who runs the groups, because when you want to make posts and ask questions and run polls, um, this is when you need to get their kind of influence and their buy-in because they will help you. But generally, pay attention to like reading what the comments are, asking questions, offering help, and doing all of this, and generally, you know, providing a huge amount of value and digging deep and getting a lot of research. What you'll soon discover is each industry has its own problems and they're quite industry specific. So if you do this, you'll be able to understand that, uh, let's say, as a restaurant owner, you might understand the complexities of hiring temperamental chefs. Uh, that That is a particular pain point that restaurant owners will experience. But, you know, uh, people that run photocopying businesses won't, for example. I don't know. But, uh, but it's the thing of... Each industry has their own specific problems. And once we go beyond the surface level problems of I can help you make more money and get more customers, when you actually go, well, I can help you keep your best staff without having to spend money on them, without having to offer them a pay rise, that might prove to be like, oh, that's brilliant because I, I can't afford to pay them more. So how am I going to keep them or stop my rival pinching them for a couple more pounds an hour? Then you're getting specific. So all of your research can be done in these groups. You can talk to people, um, maybe any ideal clients from that industry you've worked with in the past, talk to them and actually dig a little bit deeper and find out what problems they're really having. And then that way you can create solutions which are going to solve those problems and make yourself more valuable, which means that when you meet them in real life and event, you've already got something in common. You already understand their industry. They'll appreciate that. And so all of this is kind of now I'm building up kind of how I can have more impact with those people so that when I get the opportunity to meet them, they're going to want to stay in contact with me because I'm of value to them and I've proven myself. After that, we need to nail our elevator pitch because, you know, I think one of the worst questions in the world is what do you do? And when you list off what you do, it's often very boring. We're all very boring. Um, so we need to find a way of talking about what we do that doesn't bore us and certainly doesn't, you know, bore them. So I found that this is kind of a simple formula and this is the same formula that you're going to use to people who you want to refer other clients to you. And it's effectively we help our target market achieve their number one goal using our service. So we help restaurants get more customers using Facebook ads. That's it. It's really simple and it might feel underwhelming, but it's easy to remember. Um, and also, if you are a restaurant and you want more customers, then this is interesting to you. You know, or if you are a restaurant and you want help with your Facebook ads, this is interesting to you. And if you run Facebook ads for restaurants, that's what you want as an ideal client. So knowing um, 
what to say and how to talk about what you do is essential. And that is a really simple way of doing it. Um, the other way could be, which is a bit more conversational, which I've heard Chris Doe use, which I really love, is where you state the problem and then you say, well, we fix it. So it's like, um, you know how uh, restaurants really struggle to get customers, um, especially midweek uh, for lunch and stuff. They're only busy at weekends. They'll often go, yeah, that's a nightmare. And you go, well, we're able to make sure that our clients get booked out and they're fully booked during the week as well as weekends. And we do this by running Facebook ads for them. It's a bit more lengthy, but it's more conversational. By starting with, do you know this problem? They agree, or we fix that problem using our service. It feels like a much less of a salesy kind of line, but it works just as well. So whichever way you want to go and whichever one you want to use, make sure that you know what your elevator pitch is. So when you attend these events and you understand what the problems are, you can talk to clients with confidence and conviction and actually really make a difference and really help them kind of make a long, you know, making a real good, impactful introduction to them so they remember you. But they'll also appreciate you being clear on how you help so that in the future, when they knew they know they need that, you come top of mind. And that's how to do it. It's really good to think from a client's point of view and freshen up your online presence. So by reviewing and auditing your digital footprint so that everything is consistent and up to date, you will reassure the clients and build confidence in your ability. So this would include checking that all photos, headshots, bio descriptions, any graphics or anything are all the same. So go across all your social media platforms, update everything, do a Google search to see what comes up. If there's anything that's inaccurate or hasn't been filled out properly, fix that and get that going. The reality is that if a client Googles you, what they're gonna find that needs to be controlled by you. It can be controlled with a, a bit of effort and SEO, but it's really important to get all that sorted because wherever they choose to go when they've heard you or someone's recommended you, you want that to be the same. If you if all of your kind of, like say Twitter hasn't been updated for two years and it's got an old photo, it's, it's fine, but it's just going to reflect badly on the brand because they're going to think, well, why aren't they professional enough to update Twitter, can they not be bothered? It doesn't take long. And they'll begin to doubt your credibility. So we don't want anything to undermine that. So we need to make sure that, okay, everything is tidy, organized. Our website's clear on what we do. We've spent a lot of time making sure it's all accurate and up to date. And that's a really useful thing to do and generally a kind of good sort of uh, best practice thing to do before you start to make this outreach because then you know that you've got the peace of mind that no matter how they come across you, you know, that it's going to reflect well on you. I always recommend building some sort of way of capturing um, information from potential clients that is effectively a mini sales funnel. So whenever we do any kind of marketing or introductions or media or create content, if that resonates with someone and they want to find out more, where are we going to send them? Well, we want to send them to the same place, which is usually one page on a website, which acts instead of like a kind of portfolio show of showing off our beautiful pictures, it's like a sales page that will answer any questions a potential client will have in their mind and give them the reassurance that they can book an appointment with us without even calling us. So with that in mind, you'll want to have good photos. It's going to be explaining what you do. It's going to have customer testimonials. It's going to have examples of your work. And all of this is going to lead to two ways of them getting in touch. One is going to be to book an appointment that suits them through Calendly. Or 
they're going to download some sort of lead magnet guide or video series that is going to be, again, you talking about what you do, and that's going to get you their email. So if we make sure that whenever they go on our website, they're able to kind of um, be compelled enough to want to sign up for something, that's going to really help us in the future because we are, can now go, well, look, it's like a fishing net. We've fixed all the holes in the net, so any fish we do catch, they can't get out again. And that's the way we have to kind of think about building our website to try and capture interest from potential clients. And the way we do that is the final part, which is to analyze the customer journey of when they go from finding out about who we are to actually working with us. And that's everything I've talked about in the episode, which is the whole thing from keep in touch to referrals, to recommendations, to hanging out at Facebook groups, to going to events, to meeting with us and talking to us. All of that is all of the daily sort of marketing efforts that you can do, which will build your reputation, build your awareness. But it doesn't, it's going to all fail if they land on your website and it's crap, you know. So we want to make sure that we've got good photos, good copy with no typos, clean design, easy to navigate. You know, there's a way to keep in touch. They can book an appointment. All of this can be fixed if we just pay a bit of attention. So to sum up and to sort of finish off the podcast, I will just go through the simple five stages of a customer journey and how you can fix those on your website. The first bit is awareness. So how do they find out about what you do? With the digital side in mind, obviously it could be from a recommendation, but generally your data and analytics should be able to tell you if it's an article you've written or a video they've watched or maybe someone has recommended you or they've met you in an event or maybe you recorded a podcast. There's lots of ways that they can find out about you, but over time you will begin to see that a particular article is pulling in lots of traffic or this uh, person keeps referring me new work. And once you know where that is coming from, you can choose to do something about it, which is probably writing more content or creating more content, which is similar, or thanking that person who's referring you lots of business um, by taking them out for lunch or something. So you're kind of making the most of working out why people are coming. What is their perception of you? Number two, so what is their first point of contact? So imagine they've read an article somewhere or they've, you know, someone has recommended you. How, what, where do they go to first? Do they go straight to your website? Do they check you out on social media? Do they Google you? Knowing where they go first and again, making sure that that first impression is really watertight is massively important. This is why we talked about making sure we Google ourselves and any kind of links in bios are all going to the same place. So we're kind of controlling where they're going to end up. And like I said, when they land on your website, making it really clear what you do, um, giving lots of reassurance and customer testimonials and examples of your you know, understanding and knowledge and experience of their industry, all of this will reassure them. And that can all be controlled by you know, basically directing people where we want to direct them. Stage three, attention. So what holds their attention and keeps them engaged when... Um, they meet us. So again, if we're looking to um, get them onto a website, is it an article? Is it a video? Is it a case study? What are the things that are keeping them on the website and the pages that are getting the most traffic? The key thing, but once we get them to our website, finally, we want to make sure they stay there for long enough to research us and find out a little bit more about us in the hope that that article or award or recommendation or whatever it is, is enough for them to go, okay, I want to find out more. I want to connect with this person. So that's stage four. What is it they're looking for? So when they have, whatever's keeping them engaged, we want to know kind of what is it 
generally about the site that makes them stay there and actually wants to contact you. So typically this is going to be the depth of knowledge that you're showing in the articles you're writing, testimonials from happy clients within their industry. And as I said before, the quality of your photos, um, the quality of your copy, plus any kind of awards or uh, qualifications you might have that would also convince people that you're worth contacting. When they do finally contact you, which is the final piece, what is it that makes them contact you and what happens? So maybe you're running a promotion and that's doing particularly well, or they, there's an article which is converting particularly well, or you've just won an award and that's brought in lots of leads. The key thing is knowing what's bringing it in. And then the flip side is what is actually happening to people when they contact you. Because if we imagine, say, Elon Musk was to contact us and uh, he left a message or sent an email, how long do you think he would wait before we got back to him? The answer is less than an hour, probably 20 minutes, if that. So we need to make sure that if people do reach out to us and they contact us, that that experience is watertight. So by having a booking calendar option, it means that people can book at their own convenience. If they send an email, making sure that they get a reply fairly soon is important. If they make a phone call, knowing that someone is going to answer the phone is going to be massive to take a message. So if you have um, you know, a third party VA or like someone who's going to answer your phone for you, that's going to make them feel reassured. Because if they phone up and then someone actually says, yeah, thanks, I'll take a message and let Thad get back to you, they're going to feel a lot more confident that you're together and organized. And then you can, like I said, that third party answering service can then relay the message to you and you can contact them. So it means that you're not, all of this hard work is, is going to be worth it because when they finally do contact you and you've made all this effort and then you're in a potential client conversation or they want to work with you, but the whole time it's all been worth it. So we have to kind of, I use the fishing analogy a lot, but we have to kind of make sure we're doing all the work to get the fish to come into the net and they stay in the net. And if you do all of this, I believe you will get, well, I know you will get clients fairly quickly because it's the consistency, but it's whether you can be consistent. And I've generally found that this approach is that classic kind of small, low, low touch, easy to follow, daily discipline of like 30 to 45 minutes a day, check, checking in, being active in the right places, reaching out to people, but also having the kind of ambition to be getting to know people in your industry who you don't know yet, who could prove influential. And when you do it and you combine all of this and you're producing good quality content, and your website experience and contact experience is solid, all of that will basically work together and guarantee you clients. So to sum up, my tips are when you're doing this, I always say plan the week ahead. So every weekend, Sunday evening, plan out who you're going to be reaching out to, who you're going to be referring to, and making sure that's uh, well done. Be strategic with who you're seen with, who you reach out to and where you go. So again, doing your research in groups, making sure that you're going to the right places and you're trying to meet people and actively reaching out to people you don't yet know but would like to get to know so you can elevate your own um, you know, brand perception and, and your personal brand of who you are. That's important. Do it every day. So as in this is a daily discipline thing. You want to make sure you get used to setting aside the time for it. Same as if it was exercise or whatever it is. Book a meeting time with yourself, 9 till 10 every morning. Block it off and commit to doing this regularly take it seriously like you would a meeting and don't stop the consistency is the secret you can do all of this for a few like few days or a week and you'll start to see 
the effect. But then if you stop because you get busy, that's when you go back to the feast and famine roller coaster. We want to avoid that by getting to the habit of doing it every day, following the techniques. And as we do it, refine it and improve it. You know, if you're finding that there is like certain emails that are getting opened or subjects that are working when you reach out to people, keep doing it and always be freshening up that list of people. Because if you get to know everyone, you need to have a chance of like you need to be pruning away the dead wood who you don't longer need to know. And you need to be replacing them with people you want to get to know. And there's this constant sort of every couple of weeks you're recycling your lists to kind of add people to it. Or I'd say every month you should be doing an analysis on all the people you reached out to, who replied, who didn't, um, who do you not want to talk to and who do you want to talk to. And every month when you put all that list of new people in, you can be sure that you are sort of balancing, maintaining your network with um, being upwardly mobile and ambitious toward reaching out to people that your audience looks up to. And if you do all of this consistently every day, that's how you're going to get more clients because all of this is like the fuel in the machine and then all the other ways which is doing great work asking for referrals getting recommended winning awards all the usual ways we get clients will all happen naturally anyway but at least this way you are taking control and working on the business and in the business at the same time and i promise you this always leads to a wait list of clients and a wait list of clients is fantastic because that means that's an opportunity to raise your prices and get better clients and better clients and better clients and it keeps going. So if you found this episode helpful, I would love for you to share it with someone who might appreciate it and benefit from it. If you have any questions, you can always message me thad at thadeducation.com and please join the Facebook group where you can have access to me and I'll be sharing content and ideas and answering questions. Have a great day and best of luck. Thank you.